It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Welcome, welcome to the COB on the 9th of the 9th. It's a pretty gray and dreary Wednesday here in Sydney. I'm Nadine Blaney here with the always sunshiny David Scott. Weather a metaphor for the markets today, I think. Grizzly, grim, how you want to say it, uh, gray, <laughs> yeah. red. Red is the predominant thing when you look across the market map. Uh, look, it was... Uh, it was ugly. It was expected to be ugly. It ended ugly, but it could have been worse. It could have been worse. But yesterday, just yesterday, we were up above that 6,000 level. Today, the XJO closing at 5878.6, down by 2.15%. I think it's worthwhile putting it out there, laying it all out there. And it was real, you know, selling right across the board. Yeah, there was uh, no areas to go and escape. Uh, unsurprisingly, a lot of uh, weakness coming through from the banks or some material sector. Uh, the tech space, I think, surprisingly, was one of the, uh, no, it actually outperformed, relatively speaking, uh, which I found amazing, uh, given what we saw in US tech stocks overnight and current valuations here for many of our uh, tech darlings. But, uh, you know, at resilient performance, we saw US futures higher for majority of the session. But mind you, they said that yesterday, and look how that ended up. Yeah, um, off the intraday low, got to say, but uh, energy stocks were particularly hard hit, oil price declining there, banks down between 25 3.3%. Interesting to note that uh, the large cap losers were Beach, a Grain Corp, Oil Search, so there's that energy narrative playing out there. Top gainers, so let's just focus on a couple of the positives that came through, New Farm, GUD Holdings and uh, IPH as well. But it was, I think, the lowest close since the end of June. Um, there wasn't really anywhere to hide. Uh, but, you know, it was really interesting to sign, kind of juxtapose, juxtapose. We'll get into equities more in just a moment. Mm. But to juxtapose what happened in equities with some of the economic data coming through here in Australia, reading uh, Craig James's note over at Comsec saying, told you so, this is not your average recession. It's not, but uh, beware, uh, no false signals as well. And uh, I know Craig is, uh, is generally a positive guy, and we, uh, we know that. Uh, but looking at uh, some of the uh, labour market data that I've seen recently, uh, it's pretty grim, I've got to say. Uh, looking forward, we've already got warnings from economists out there that we're going to see likely job losses in both August and September, partially as a result, obviously, of what's going in, uh, in Victoria at the moment. But to me, I just think the economy is starting to lose a bit of momentum. I'm not excited by the biggest increase in owner-occupier lending uh, since March 2009 uh, in July, because it's ancient history. It's all based around uh, the home builder package. Uh, it's going to take a while for it to go and flow through. What happens if the uh, labor market gets a bit weak? And I've got to say, we are, we're seeing NAB business survey, horrific information about the, uh, the outlook for demand outlook for hiring. We saw ANZ job ads out earlier this week. Job ads are still 30% lower than this time a year ago. Even in the uh, Westpac uh, survey today, we saw unemployment expectations. A quite remarkable rise, 
but you've got to put into context is what the actual measurement is. So it's measuring what you think unemployment levels would do over a 12 month horizon. We've already got unemployment sitting at the highest level since 1998. That's when I was leaving high school. Uh, so that's a long time ago. I can, I can vouch for that for certain. And uh, so just because there's, uh, there's less uh, people concerned that we're gonna see another lift in unemployment from here, uh, it still gives you some sort of signal as to how bad you know, it's still perceived to be out there. I've got friends who are like trying to find work at the moment, skilled people, people who've got you know, good prospects, and they are really struggling to find anything whatsoever. Yeah, it's interesting because you hear about um, you know the construction market. I was overhearing somebody just anecdotally talking the other day about you know their son-in-law that is a crane operator mm. and has been employed up until two weeks ago and is now unemployed. And uh, just on that housing lending growth that we saw, and this is X refinancing. So in July, growing 8.9% month on month. Um, you know, the title of ANZ's note on it is housing finance, the last hurrah, question mark, saying it's likely a last hurrah before stage four lockdowns in Melbourne hit households' ability and confidence to borrow. So again, everything is well being put in the context of, of Melbourne, of Victoria, yeah. and this, the unknowns that are still very real there. And recessions have a long tail as well. And so it takes time to go and feed through to the system. And the one thing that I'm looking at is the labour market. I'm concerned at what will happen there. I can't imagine that banks are just going to willingly go out there and just lend to anyone. Uh, obviously, after what we saw from the Banking Royal Commission, that's uh, even more so. So I just cannot go and see it being sustained. It's economic yep. conditions will eventually come back. Fundamentals will come back. And if credit is tightening, now I've heard anecdotal evidence on both sides saying that it's tightening and it's not. Uh, but if, surely, if you're going to go into another period where it's going to be sluggish growth for a while, I can't imagine the banks are going to be opening the, uh, the coffers and saying, go and, uh, and buy property willy-nilly. No. Um, look, you're not alone. But yeah, jobs is certainly the focus uh, going forward. Um, now, let's get back to equities, shall we? Because uh, in moments of volatility there is always opportunity. And uh, Junbei Liu from Tribeca Investment Partners joined us a little bit earlier today. She's not concerned by the sell-off on Wall Street last night, which obviously drove today's decline on the ASX. She said, look, there are always opportunities to pick up a bargain. So she has named a couple of, well, ASX listed companies that you could potentially uh, consider. You can access that interview via the show notes or you can do so via the website. Um, I just don't want to give it all away. Just teasing people. One of the companies I believe starts with an S. Okay, there you go. You'll still have to click on to listen. Um, it's interesting as well. She does comment on the buy now pay later space and she comments on some of the leaders in that very hot area of the market. Today you had a chat with uh, Zipco's COO uh, Peter Gray and Zipco as well, you got to think, is being added to the ASX 200 at the end of the week. He thinks that it's a pretty big endorsement of the company's model and what it's done so far. I'm curious, Scotty, you conducted this interview along with Ingrid. Um, what was he saying? I have to think you asked him about PayPal. He said that he was uh, surprised it took PayPal so long and uh, said that it validates the business model uh, and that uh, basically was not concerned. Um, I would be. Seems to be the um, narrative coming from these buy now, pay later names, though, and for good reason. Obviously, they all are differentiated from one another in some way, shape, or form. But yeah, you've got PayPal, you've got MasterCard, Visa, American Express. They're not going to take this Aussie invasion lying down, you wouldn't think. No, if I was in their position and I could see the, uh, the, the coming threat, and it is a threat, I, I admit that, um, I'd look to crush them. <laughs> no, no, no two ways about it. 
put them out of business. That's, uh, that's capitalism. And um, I'm surprised that it's been allowed to uh, proliferate to the levels that it's done already. So one to keep an eye on. Obviously, you know, PayPal is a, is a massive player in the space with huge scale in the United States and to a, a lesser so uh, in other markets as well. But clearly a massive threat. Yeah, um, I wonder if it sort of snuck up on them the way that it sort of snuck up on us because you heard about Afterpay and then all of a sudden Afterpay was every place and you yeah. couldn't go past a shop without seeing it in the front window. So there could be a little bit of that going on there I'm, I'm as def- well. Yeah, with PayPal, I definitely don't uh, buy the uh, argument that it's only used like geriatrics like myself. Uh, you know, people who are a little bit an older generation, I suspect that uh, a little bit of brand uh, tweaking and everything else can be going used by... Not a uh, geriatric, a boomer. I think that's what you were called yesterday. Hello, boomer. Okay, boomer. Yeah, I've got to... Uh, I really didn't like that one. Okay, so that that interview as well is accessible via the show notes or the app or our website. You know the drill. The share price, though, regardless, um, finished down by 2.36%. Ingrid chatted with uh, the new chair of Betmakers Technology. Again, there's some Aussie names making some big inroads into the U.S. market. Uh, We know betting, don't we? We know online gambling. We know horse racing. And, uh, yeah, that's the whole story there. But he's getting behind the company because he said he wasn't interested a little while ago. But he's revisited uh, what the company is doing. And he's on board to help it make these big moves in the U.S. The share price, though, finished off by 7.5% today. Points bet came back online after doing a cap raise. Uh, You know, it happens. But uh, the share price in point bet, Points bet, I should say. PBH is the ticker code was down by 13% today. Only a mere little blip on the radar considering what the scale of the rally was last week into the uh, into that announcement. Yeah, and I think too, like isn't that what we have to keep in mind as well? And this is not, you know, anything groundbreaking. This is not a news flash, breaking news in any way. But yeah, perspective is everything. Yes, we find it interesting that there was the tech wreck of the past three days on Wall Street. Yes, we saw dramatic falls in the price of some of these um, companies. Tesla comes to mind, down 20, 21% last night. But again, if you zoom out, you know, really, it had to happen at some point. And it's probably not the end of the volatility. And yeah, these, the consensus is of everyone we're talking to, we're still in a bull market going forward. And that includes those mega tech names. Yeah, who knows what the future holds, but uh, we're talking about uh, crushing the competition in one space. Uh, I know from a previous trading perspective, you know, when you look at an environment like this, you know that the market is really skewed one way. We know there's lots of people who are bullish out there. We know there's a lot of vulnerable people who are hoping that the market comes back. Um, There's some crafty shorts out there with enough uh, firepower. It could get real nasty before it gets better. Not to say that uh, it will, but that's a risk because we know that a lot of people have been uh, using leverage. We know a lot of people are using derivative trades to go and, uh, and play this rally. Uh, if that unwinds, it's going to unwind very, very fast. I was reading an article uh, in Bloomberg about how all these people in the United States are piling in to the leveraged long NASDAQ uh, uh, ETF on Friday last week. So that today was down close to 15%. So easy way to go and do your dough. But th- that is the market we're playing at the moment. Yeah. Okay. So we will be continuing this conversation. This time yesterday, we were waiting to see if there'd be a continuation of the selling. I think we're doing the same today. U.S. futures, uh, you know, obviously not a clear line between what they're doing at this stage of the game and how U.S. markets will open. We saw a bit of positivity, though, cre- creeping to the Nasdaq futures today. Yeah, we saw hope springs eternal. No, by the dip, it was, uh, it was all happening. So Nasdaq futures were up close to 1%. Uh, at one stage, spoos are up over, uh, over 6, uh, 0.6%. But just as I was coming in to go and uh, do the podcast, I noticed they had turned 
negative and rather quickly. Mm -hmm. So uh, AstraZeneca news as well. We haven't even mentioned oh that. Oh my gosh, uh, yeah. That's, uh, that's some news out. So a bit of a disappointment when it comes to the vaccine front. Uh, a lot of other names still out there in the moment, including uh, UQ is one as uh, on the way, uh, potentially for a vaccine. But uh, gives us I wonder if we'll have another vaccine headline tonight, though. Well, I feel like we will. Well, you've got to say that it'll be a positive one. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, probably, and that's what I mean. Yeah, probably from the White House. No, I'm, I'm, I, I'm not joking. No, no, Trump will be out tweeting. Something will happen. I think something will happen. You know, three days of heavy selling. Something's going to happen. Somebody will say something or there will be some positive rhetoric when well, it comes to the it, stimulus package. Yes, it's on, it's on. So it's one of those. It'll be something about the stimulus package or progress or... I've been uh, hanging no. out with you for too long, Scotty. Well, <laughs> you've got to be sceptical. Yeah. If you've been in these markets for a while, like you've got to be sceptical. Yeah. We know that uh, there's a lot of cheerleading going on. The fact Trump, I know, was the other top tick on the Dow, you know, what a silly tweet to go and put out. Oh, I'm so glad to have you as your, as your president. Yeah. No, 29,000. Yeah, no, Let, about, let's see what happens uh, about then. 6% lower. Yeah. Uh, let's see whether you're still proud. That's uh, That was a, an absolute contrarian signal that went off in, uh, in my mind. Yeah, and my point too. I mean, I've been following the news long enough and been in the news long enough that, that you know, these headlines are coming thick and fast right now. And this is a headline-driven market. That's... You have been hanging out with me for too long. Though. <laughs> You don't take credit for it. Anyways, um, let's get to the stock of the day. Phineas, this is a company that I've put calls into. I'd love to speak with them. They're on the radar of plenty of the experts that we know and respect on this channel. Uh, we don't talk about them a lot. It's in the small cap space. FCL is the ticker code. Well, it was the stock of the day after an, uh, SPP. It's raised $8 million, increasing the original plan from $5 million. So we spoke with uh, two expert guests, Andrew Page from strawman.com, Michael Wayne from Medallion Financial to get their views on FCL. Let's hear to start what Andrew Page had to say. It ticks uh, a lot of boxes, you know, um, uh, software systems are very scalable. They generate lots of recurring revenue. They tend to be very tightly integrated into their customers. So it's, it's, um, it's very dependable. Uh, it looks as though the earnings and revenue growth has been really strong. I think they might have made an acquisition recently yep. Yep. behind that, that raise there. So the market, um, the market clearly likes it. What I haven't had a chance to get a close look at is, is get a handle on the value. But, but yeah, at first glance, it's, it certainly seems to be kicking goals. Only recently listed, but the business has been around for quite a while. Yes. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I believe a presence in the US now too. Yeah. So yeah, it, it's, it's definitely worthy of, of a closer look. It's done a lot of good things. I think seven out of 10 life um, and health insurers in the US use them, six out of 10 in Australia. So it's got a lot of good quality customers that it's servicing. The insurance industry as a whole can be a little bit sort of mixed. At the moment, I think sort of the health insurers are struggling somewhat, but insurance premiums across general insurance is going up, but they basically provide a software as a service platform that helps the insurers basically manage their, their claims, manage, manage yeah. their policies. Become more efficient sort of and reduce their costs. That's yeah. right. So I think it's definitely worth doing some more investigation into a company that lists, normally we like to see it listed for a couple of years before right. looking at it, but we will certainly make exceptions if it's a worthwhile uh, operation. This one seems like it could be. And that was Michael Wayne from Medallion Financial. Uh, yeah, both guys like the stock. They'd be happy if it was part of our core portfolio. Um, Stays in. Yeah. Good. All right. Tomorrow. What's coming up tomorrow? We've still got a couple companies reporting. Meyer, Sigma. Interesting to see what comes out of that. We've got a whole host of expert guests, as per usual. 
Uh, you'll be chatting with Heath Moss from HLM Investments. He's an equity advisor there. He always gives us some good insights on sectors. Straight to Radelaide. <laughs> Radelaide it is. Okay, and then on the call, Julia Lee from Berman Invest, Rod Bristow from Climb Asset Management. So looking forward to what the stock of the day will be. It's always a little surprise when we get going in the morning. And uh, yeah, we'll round it out with Jonathan Golub. He's the chief U.S. equity strategist at Credit Suisse. So be looking forward to hearing what he makes of this tech wreck. But will it be so by this time tomorrow? Who Remains knows? to be seen. Who knows? It could be a bull trap. But, uh, that certainly was the case yesterday. But a lot of people have been uh, you know, rewired their brains to go and buy the dip. It's a difficult mentality to get out of which makes me wonder whether there could potentially be some downside because uh, no, there's certainly been a lot of froth in these markets. And I don't think you can say the Nasdaq after a 10% decline has fully unwound that, uh, you know, such a massive gain. I think it's still up like 56% yeah. uh, from the other lows that we saw back in March. That's incredible to know how quickly that rally has occurred. Well, I guess we'll see whether uh, Davy Day Trader, the Barstool Prophet, uh, what he'll say to his followers, and we'll see if they get in and buy the Or what he's, what he's saying to uh, Elon Musk, you go do something. Yeah, go do something, Elon. Um, we spend too much time on Twitter. Anyways, it's been, uh, yeah, it's been really great doing it with you again today. Scuddy, it's been great to speak with all of our expert guests. You know, huge thank you to all of the, uh, the guys and girls that take time out of their day to speak with us, to give you the information you need to buy, hold, and sell this market. Scotty, shall we do it all again tomorrow? Absolutely, and uh, a big thank you to all the guests who come on the program. Lots of smart ideas, and, and long may continue. We'll, uh, we'll see you on Thursday. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always dive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824.